This episode of the Fastest Known Podcast is brought to you by Swiss performance running shoes and apparel company On. On was born in Zurich with one goal, to revolutionize the sensation of running based on one radical idea, to give runners the softest landing followed by the most explosive takeoff. This, said more simply, is the feeling of running on clouds. On's athletes are establishing FKTs frequently and most notably includes Katie Scheid's White Mountains Hut Traverse, where she wore On's top-rated cloud flow shoe. Find the On shoe for you at on-running.com. Welcome back to the Fastest Known Podcast, where for 30 minutes every week we talk to some of the most interesting people in the sport. And this week we're talking to a power couple, Katie Scheid and Germain Grandier, who live in France. That's right. And I think we're speaking to them from France. And they are some... uh, very highly accomplished ultra runners. We're going to get into that in a minute. And they recently did an FKT back in New England. But the, let's say hello right now. Welcome, Katie, and welcome, Germain. Hi, Buzz. Thanks. Hi. Thanks. <laughs> so you two are in the south of France right now. Is that right? That is correct. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Okay. Well, we're going to continue briefly here with your bios just to get everyone else caught up. Back in the end of June, Katie, you won the Marathon du Mont Blanc, and Germain was third. And I think that was the 90K version, not the marathon. So you two are solid ultra runners. And then just a few weeks ago at the most famed ultra race in the world, the Ultra Trail du Mont Blanc, Katie, you ran a strong sixth place. And Germain, you came in smiling, tied for ninth. So the two of you uh, were both in the top ten. Yes, that that is correct. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. It's <laughs> but concerning the marathon, it was just the ninety k of the Mont Blanc marathon, which is like the longer version, but it's still the marathon, the Mont Blanc event, right? Right, that's what they call it. But they have a 42K version and a 90K version. But I don't think anyone, I'm trying to think, who, what couple has both been in the top 10 at UTMB? So that's a solid couple's accomplishment. So were you both hearing how the other was doing during the event? Uh, Yeah, I had people like friends and my crew telling me how Sharma was doing. Um, and I was asking people also. Yeah, that's, we always get like info from each other during the race. And, uh, I feel like it's quite motivating to have, uh, to have like some info and to know how the other uh, is doing. And, and, uh, yeah, it's perfect to, to stay focused and to have motivation to finish the race. Well, it take <laughs> it takes motivation to finish that race. Of course, uh, when you of course it gets dark very soon, then the sun comes up and you feel a little better. But still, I believe that was both of your first hundred mile distance. Yeah, that's true. Um, before the UTMB, our longest was one hundred and fifteen k. Which is quite different. <laughs> yeah, it's They're still totally a long different. way to go. <laughs> yeah. A long way to go. Well, it, now you both, you're not running together. Obviously, you're, uh, you're running your own race. And it's interesting because Katie 
you tend to finish higher up in the standings, while Germain is actually a little faster, he's a little in front of you. Does that, how does that feel? Does that feel totally normal? Do you two just support and work, work with each other just with no issues at all? Yeah, I mean, uh, Sharma and I really approach everything like a, a team event, even if we're not actually competing together, which sometimes we do race in partner events. So that's a whole nother topic. But when we are racing as individuals, it's, I think we both approach it as like not just racing for ourselves, but racing for like our small team. And, um, at the end of the day, like it, it's more fun when we both do well than just one person does well. Um, but yeah, also, I mean, the men's races are intrinsically more competitive because there's more people. So even if like a finishing number is different, like I think that's not really how we gauge our results. It's more like how we felt and how we feel we performed that day. Yeah. I think we, we approach the event together. Like we plan our preparation together, we plan our aid station stuff, like we have the same crew and uh Katie is right, it's more about the, the two the two of us and us, the team spirit. And in the end if we don't run together, uh we really care about each other and we are already approaching the race uh, as a team. Excellent. You get to use one crew that's helpful because you're close enough so one crew can uh, one uh, crew can crew for both of you they don't have to uh split that one up that's good that's oh excellent. that actually doesn't really work <laughs> it's it's the same people the same people not the, the same, same group person. of people yeah. but then they split into into groups but if the the same core and the same like a uh, group of people it's a, a small community Gotcha. I see. Well done. Now, I have to ask a personal question. Katie, I think you're from Maine. How did you meet Germain? Um, So I grew up in Maine, but then found my way to Vermont and Utah. And from Utah, I moved to Switzerland um, for a PhD. And then when I was in Switzerland, I had um, a friend... uh, Hillary Girardi, who was living in Grenoble at the time, and she was also running, and she also worked in the huts, which I think we're going to talk to about the huts eventually. But so we we met up because we had a bunch of mutual friends, and the place we met up was this um, race in Italy for her birthday, <laughs> and Jarmal was a friend of Hillary's, so we kind of met through a friend and met at a race in Italy. I see. Good. And now you're both sponsored by On, the Swiss uh, running shoe company based in Zurich. And On, uh, we had a, a podcast interview with one of their co-founders, Casper uh, Copetti, two weeks ago. And Casper said something I thought was wonderful. He said, every runner has a story, right? Every run is a story. I thought that was lovely because that's totally true. And they wanted to know what your best story could be. And I think you selected going to New Hampshire and having a try at the Hut to Hut Traverse. Yeah, so um, the Hut Traverse was something that Jarma and I had 
had talked about for a couple years actually before we went back finally. Um, so I spent four of my college summers working in the AMC high mountain hut system in New Hampshire in the White Mountains. And this, so this place is really important to me. I spent um, at least three months of every year living in these huts, in different huts each summer, but still the same system of eight huts. And I brought Sharma back to show him this place in 2016, 2017, mm-hmm. uh, 2017. And um, yeah, he he also kind of fell in love with the place too. I think mostly because I was in, so enthusiastic about it. And I told him about this challenge that we used to do at the end of every summer, which was hiking between all eight huts um, in under 24 hours. And through telling him about it, he started to get excited and wanted um, to try to come back and do it. And then we said, okay, wouldn't it be cool to try to do it really fast and see um, how fast we could do it together and, and share that experience together. Wow, that's amazing because I'm, I was looking at this and I'm thinking, wow, they live in the south of France and they came to New Hampshire to do their big project. You know, the, the wine in France is a little better than in New Hampshire. But, uh, <laughs> the but beer is better crew. in New Hampshire. <laughs> oh, the beer is better. Okay, well, that's a good point. And you were on crew, as it turns out. Crew is what they call the, the hut people for four summers. So you knew this like the back of your hand. Yeah, exactly. So I was the chief navigator. Um, (laughs) And I I knew all the trails already. So it didn't require too much planning. Well, that's fantastic. Well, the listeners should go to the website and they could type in your name, Katie Scheid, and they can pull up the Hut to Hut Traverse in New Hampshire and read about it. The history, of course, is fantastic because the White Mountain history goes back, well, not nearly as far as the Alps, but far, far further back than either in the Rockies or the Sierras of the United States. And I'd like to ask Jermon what he thought about the trails. But generally speaking, the trails in the United States are mellow. Sorry, my apologies to everyone, but really, they're fairly mellow, they're groomed, and they're fairly low angle, because out west, all the trails were constructed for stock animals. So horses and mules built them, while in New England, they were not. No stock animals were used, and so they're much steeper. And so they're a little more resembling the alpine trails, in my opinion. But German, what did you think? Yeah, I totally agree because so at first when Katie told me about the one mountain, uh, she was obviously really excited. So I remember we drove by the whites and <laughs> she showed me, oh, this is Mount Washington. And I answered, like, really, it's kind of a hill and it's, there's <laughs> a lot of trees, it's it's a lot of trees and it's not really sharp. I was kind of upset at first, I would say. <laughs> but then, <laughs> then when we run on the trail, I was really like surprised. The trails are really technical. They are full of like roots, rocks. It's rough. It's wet. The weather is really hard and 
I only been to Colorado and Utah, and this is really different. It looks way more like the trails in Europe, I would say. But honestly, right. it's the most technical trails I ever run on. It's honestly, awesome. I, I didn't expect to scramble under a tree line. We were scrambling, especially on the Madison Gulf Trail. And I was like asking myself, it's crazy. We are scrambling under a tree line. It's the first time I do that. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's, I was pretty stoked by the trail. Nice. That's a good description, isn't it? Because when you drive up there to Pinkham Notch and you look up at Mount Washington, it's really unimpressive, to be perfectly honest. Everything's just round. It's like, hmm, okay, whatever. Uh, it's, it's a little different when you're standing in Chamonix looking up at Mount Blanc, which is 10,000 feet above you with the glaciers coming down 4,000 feet above sea level. The White Mountains don't look like that at all, but the trails themselves are absurdly technical. Yeah, that's true. The <laughs> a lot of and from working in the huts, a lot of people um, coming up from Boston and New York City really are not prepared at all to be there, um, and had quite a surprise trying to hike hike into some of the huts. Right. Well. Uh, as Germain mentioned, the Madison Gulf Trail, that takes you down, crosses the highway, then goes up to uh, Carter Notch, which is the eighth hut, if you're going in that direction. And like you said, there's you have to use your hands. You can't, no matter how good you are, there's sections of that trail where, where you will use your hands. And also, like Granja said, that's wet. It's always dripping water. And I look at people carrying 40-pound backpacks, and I go, oh, ouch, that looks tough. Yeah, we were lucky to not have um, heavy backpacks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I don't know if we can literally call that running, because in the end it's more jumping from a rock to another, and uh, it's kind of a... A dance on the rock. The whole traverse is a dance on the rocks. <laughs> and it's not like proper running. So, yeah, that's an experience to, to live, I guess. <laughs> well, excellent. So, again, I invite the listeners to go to the website and look up the Hut to Hut Traverse. And also, of course, go there and give it a shot themselves. It's super classic. There's the AMC, Appalachian Mountain Club, huts, eight huts in the White Mountains, and you simply link them all uh, in one shot. And as Katie mentioned, it's, it's a history of the people who worked the huts doing this. And to my knowledge, hmm, I think this is the only place in the United States where huts are staffed. So it is somewhat in the Alpine tradition. Yeah, it's the only full-service hut system in the in the U.S. right now. Yeah. Well, Katie, when you went through, um, did you see friends there at the hut? I mean, did people come out and say, hey, Katie, you're doing good, or how'd that go? Um, so my parents were came over to... Um, to the whites for this occasion also to uh catch up since i'm not always on the east coast 
And so I saw my parents at a couple at the two road crossings. And then my friend Megan surprised me by coming from California. And then another friend was in the area. So I saw two friends who I used to work with. Um, but the strange thing about doing a hut traverse when you're not working in the huts is that you don't see eight people, you know, every couple hours. So that was definitely different than the past times I've done it when I was working. Um, but yeah, not as many people <laughs> as in the past, but still a few uh, great people out there to to cheer us on and to see at the end. Good. I think it was better yeah. for you to don't know as much as much people. Yeah. So you didn't lose <laughs> a lot of time to talk with them. <laughs> yeah, when you know everyone, you you are more likely to stop and chat for a while. <laughs> right. Now, did you two do the whole traverse together? Yes, we did. So we started and finished together. Um, but to keep it in the spirit of uh, kind of the outlines on the, the FKT website, we were um, careful to that it would be the same as if I was running by myself. It was only Sharma's uh, presence that was there with me. He wasn't assisting me in any way other than telling me jokes and uh, <laughs> giving me some moral support. <laughs> right. Good clarification. So that is classified as self-supported, which is you know terrific. What an excellent style to get a chance to do that together. And so, Katie, as a female self-supported, you were you have the FKT two hours faster than someone from last year, and three hours faster than the year before that. So you you're solid. Your female's time is uh, right up there. And nine weeks ago on this podcast, we had Jeff Colt, who's the overall FKT holder in podcast number 42. We had a nice conversation, and he said similar things to what you did, noting how technical it is and how people who've never been there, looking at the relatively low altitude, are surprised at how tricky the trail is. Yeah, it's true. And uh, Jeff is a good friend of mine from college and from the huts also. And also now friends with Charmont because he came and ran the race that we help organize here on the French Riviera. Yeah. Oh. yeah. You, you organize a race in the French Riviera? Yeah, it's called the one-in-one -one run to camp. It's a two-day yeah. partner race. Um, with a camp out in between. There, wow. there is, there are two stages. So that's why we have like a camp out night in between the stages. And, uh, every year it's early April. And this, this year we had the Jeff, our friend and Cody Reed running together. And, uh, also Doug Meyer who is running, run the Alps and, uh, who is really familiar with the whites. So we, we have quite of a, a a little community from the U.S. and it was uh, pretty cool to to have them. And um, then I remember Jeff, who ran on, on the trails here, uh, just finished the race and say, "Oh, it's just like the whites," <laughs> and that was really true. <laughs> yeah, the trails here, um, just on the French Riviera, just like 20 minutes behind Nice. It's um, also like the pre-Alps limestone, so it's 
also can be very slippery and loose and really bad footing. So I think Jeff felt at home here. <laughs> wow. I'd like to be invited to a race in the French Riviera. So uh, next April. Oh, check hey. your mailbox. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we'll, maybe we'll put this in the show notes or written show notes. We'll have a link to um, your athlete profiles on the on website and a link on the show notes to uh, nice photos from you two at UTMB as well. And maybe you can put a link to your two-day race there in uh, next April. And boy, Jeff Colt and Cody Lind, that would have been a tough team. That, they, Cody they're solid. Reed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Cody Reed. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> and Doug Meyer run the Alps. He's a good friend. So that's uh, had a nice little expat community there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Hillary was a Hillary Geraldi was our American speaker. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what do you else other difference do you see? So now Jamon has been to New England, apparently also Colorado and Utah, and Katie. Obviously, you're from New England and now living in France. So what's up? What do you see? Uh, what, is, what are the differences or what strikes you? Um, for me, the first difference is in the way people dress, <laughs> honestly. Um, in the U.S., I feel like you get a lot more fun. Like, you know, you could come to a race and see someone running in jorts or like crazy socks. Um, and in Europe, people uh, really like to wear their like maybe matching outfit and look really sleek and, you know, like they just walked out of the sports store with their brand new outfit. Um, that's kind of like the, the biggest difference I saw when I first came here, but obviously that would, that's like a stereotype too. <laughs> There's definitely people doing funny things in Europe. Um, but beyond that, I think, um, actually there, I think, it's more similar than people realize. I mean, in the end, it's the same type of people who like being in the mountains and spending time outside. Um, so I think the core is really the same in the end. Nice. How about you, Jamon? What's your perspective? Mm, I, I, I agree about the, the community stuff Katie just, just said. I will, I will talk more about the, um, the trails. Yeah, the, I feel like this little piece of, of mountain in New Hampshire really look like the mountain we, we have here. And, uh, and yeah, otherwise, like, I feel like the, the U.S. runners are way faster than us. Uh, on, on flat, on running ball trails, they are really, really fast. Uh, I think it comes from the, also the college uh, uh, education with running. And we don't have this system here in, in Europe. So at first they have like a really, really fast speed and we don't. So we are better at mountain, at uphill, really steep uphill, really technical downhill. Um, so in our way to prepare with KD, we try to, to mix these two origin of running and we try to, 
to mix mix it together to to be better runner and i think that's what that's one of our advantage in the end because we we have these two kind of background yeah jarmo's talking about how the the college and university system in europe doesn't have this really high level competition like in track and cross country yeah Right, so people do not get that speed background here in the United States. Exactly, you can get yeah. a full full ride scholarship to major universities just to run, and you're going to be running track and cross country, of course. Uh, then you come out of that, and you want to run mountains, and you have good leg speed. That's an interesting point. While on the other hand, in Europe, people there's a more of a mountain culture, and so people maybe grew up going to the mountains, and they're used to steep and technical terrain. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's more, in Europe, I would say it's more the mountains that push uh, mountain people to run. And in the U.S., I would say it's more like the running and that push the runner to run in the mountain. I mean, it's the other direction. And in the end, it's different path, but... Uh, it's two different ways to, to, to come to try running, I guess. Right. Nice. Now, you two, obviously, are doing technical terrain, long terrain, uh, UTMB, and now very technical terrain at the Hut to Hut Traverse. In my interview with Casper, he mentioned that the cushioning effect of the on shoe is really helping uh, to be able to go the longer distances. Did you feel that was the case I mean, do you feel like you need a lower profile shoe for technical or were you happy to have the better cushioning? For technical terrain, I like to have not a lot of cushion because um, cushion means uh, stack, I would say. So it's more, uh, it's less, sorry, it's less stable. So for technical terrain, I like to have grip to make me confident and uh, not a lot of cushion to really feel the terrain and be able to react really uh, quickly. But then for longer race like UTMB, I like to have protection under feet and and a better cushion, obviously. Yeah. Right. So what type of shoe do you, do you like for UTMB? So for... For the sh the short and like I would say fast and furious run, I like better the um, the peak, the new peak that are the white shoes. They are really flexible and uh, light and grippy. And for UTMB, we just run with the normal Cloud Venture, and um, they provide um, Cloud, a, a good Cloud a, a good cushion. Yeah, exactly. Great, great. Same for you, Katie. Yeah, exactly the same. <laughs> well, good. Except mine are, mine are pink. Hey, <laughs> no white. Uh, well, that, I like your comments on the uh, outfits because that's true. In Europe, people do like the kit. You know, they want to look... Um, spandex is still popular, and they like to look fully branded <laughs> kit. Well, particularly out west, Colorado and Utah, that would get attention. I mean, we're still more in the earth tone <laughs> category out here. Yeah, exactly. 
Well, so what's next for you two? Uh, from New England and the Rockies to anywhere in the Alps, what what's next? You're going to spend the winter in the south of France. That sounds like a good idea. And do you have any other big <laughs> FK projects? Or what are you thinking? Uh, right now, we're entering a few weeks of like uh, sloth mode <laughs> to recover from UTMB and kind of just to reset before getting moving again um, in October, November. Um, and we both uh, do a lot of schemo in the winter. So although we are in southern France, actually, we live in the mountains. So we get a lot of snow. <laughs> we can come to Nice when we get sick of the snow. But um, yeah, so we'll be doing a lot of skiing this winter. And also, as Charmal mentioned, like trying to work more on this running speed uh, approach uh, to try to get more comfortable moving quickly on flatter terrain. Um, races like UTMB actually have quite a bit of flatter terrain in them. So we want to try to improve there and see what we can do on the road. Oh, I see. So you'll, you'll have the sunny weather to get some tempo runs in, but at the same time, you, you maintain a lot of power with schema. Because schema is all about power. Exactly. It's a perfect sum up. It's yeah. exactly the mix we will do this winter. And we already did that last winter, but we're going to work more on speed as we really need to to be better. And uh, it's going to be exactly a mix between uh, a tempo run and uh, fast runs on pavement and uh, skiing, uh, schemo, ski mountaineering, long ski mountaineering to get strength and power in the legs. And enjoy the mountain. And enjoy the mountain, <laughs> of course. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that will be the the mix. And then our first big ultra race would be uh, the Madeira Island Ultra Trail again, end of April. But our first gotcha. race will be the one in one. <laughs> That's true. It's the it's an organization, but it's a race too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's called the one and one. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I, I hope to be there myself. We'll see if I can make it. <laughs> okay. Cool. Great. Well, thank you very much both for talking and spending your time. And congratulations again on a terrific season. Thanks, Buzz. Thank you, Buzz. See you soon. <laughs> <laughs>